What up, what up, what up? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast, a sports and entertainment podcast presented by the lovely Blue Wire Hustle. It's your boy, Jevin LeFave. You know where you can follow me, at Jevin.LeFave on Instagram, at Jevin LeFave on Twitter. Follow everything. Find everything for the show uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at Left Side Heavy underscore. Today is a very, very great episode. I brought on my boy Matt Nelson to talk some playoff hockey and a little bit of Canucks Jim Benning talk, and it's it's an awesome conversation, man. We uh, we touch on some suspensions, and you know he's a Boston fan, so I'm kind of surprised I brought him on, but you know he deserved it. He knows his stuff, and I was more than happy to have him on. And it's a good episode, so I really hope you guys enjoy it and. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really helps with the algorithm amongst Apple Podcasts and ratings and just helps spread the show out there and grow the show in all sorts of ways. So don't forget to leave a rating and review. Follow all the social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, I believe that's everything I have for you guys. So I love you all. And Tom, bring us in. It's episode 37 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin Lefebvre, and today I welcome on a very special guest. Some may call him Brady Kachuk. Some may call him Jack Eichel. He doesn't have the skill of either of them, so he goes by Matt Nelson. Buddy, <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast. How you doing, man? Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate the intro, you know. <laughs> Brady Kachuk's pretty good, you know. You know, it's I like that. Jack Eichel too. Yeah, it's no, been, it's got, been a, a long. Yeah, you got some of the meat and potatoes of Jack yeah. of uh, Brady Kachuk, but maybe not so much it's of the superstar. The hair, really, but, uh, yeah, it's really just the hair. <laughs> no, but seriously, how okay. uh, how have you been doing lately? Can't complain. Pretty good. Just been, you know, getting by, as everyone is, you know, with COVID and everything. You know, school online is kind of a bummer, but. Yeah, everyone has to go through the tough. same things so just keep on trekking yeah online school is so tough because when you go like in person it really helps you it really keeps you in check and like discipline to everything but once you're like stuck at home for 90 percent of the day it's like your xbox is staring you in the face and it's easier to get distracted by yeah. your phone and everything it's just yeah it's tough <laughs> yeah and you know, you're getting used to like yeah it's not even just but, like the school aspect it's being able to go places to do homework but it's like everything is closed so it's yeah. like you can't even do that but uh yeah you just finished uh school right not yet i'm got four more four more classes so taking really decided to split that split the load two two in the summer and then uh two in the fall and then okay then i don't know kind of scary you know yeah so i uh, do i'm gonna be gr- gonna be grinding yeah through the summer there's summer months yeah. people are gonna be going to the beaches and you're just gonna be in a zoom call yeah well it's all right you know 
Uh, what what are you studying? Time. Yeah, you'll find time. What are you studying? My program's called Resource and Environmental Management at SFU. So everything I like about the outdoors, I like to learn about. Definitely kind of a more of a political aspect to what I'm learning about than science, but it's a it's kind of a a 60-40 split split of you know, political and then actual science, but I enjoy it. It's a lot of, you know, BC is a pretty environmentally centered place. So a lot of the stuff yeah. about happens in BC or at least around BC, Alaska, Alberta, Washington. Yeah, BC is so like there's so much going on in different types of aspects of like just different aspects of life here in BC. So it's like there's so much um diversity you can kind of explore and really like um test your knowledge on and stuff like that so yeah it it's also really fitting for you because i i know how much you like to go on hikes and stuff like that so kind of that fits you that fits you now i was thinking the the lake i go fish at a lot you know you were there the the first time we went there is you me and was it was it doug and avery remember that that yeah. awesome hike you guys on where i had no idea where i was going <laughs> yeah we had to bushwhack <laughs> <laughs> and then we so, realized that, that there was a trail that led right to it. <laughs> no, that was that was good. It builds character, right? Oh, hundred percent. You can say you did that. Yeah, the scars on my legs mean something now. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that up was to Dennett Lake, right? Exactly. Yep, Dennett Lake got it right. Not Bennett. Ben, Dennett. Bennett. Yeah, that was a big yeah. thing when we were going up there. Bennett Lake and yeah. It just wasn't what it was called. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm bringing you on because we are talking some NHL hockey and it's playoff time. And this is my first episode covering it since it started. And let me tell you, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. And it's like some upsets, just some teams rolling over other teams. We have a couple sweeps. One is a little bit more understanding than the other, or one is more surprising than the other, I should say. But we'll start with, uh, first of all, how have you kind of taken or uh, what's your been your reaction to the overall um, energy of the playoffs this year? I like it. Um, I mean, every year I'm, I'm you know, obviously a big hockey fan, so... I like watching the playoffs. There's no such thing as a bad playoffs. One thing I guess I don't like is just, I mean, you can't really complain about it because of COVID, but the divisions and how, you know, Colorado and the Golden Knights are probably going to have to play next round unless somehow, not somehow, but Minnesota couldn't come back and win that series, but I wouldn't bank on it. And just seeing that one of those teams has to be out in the first round, right? But uh, yeah, otherwise, I, I've been enjoyed what i've seen so far maybe just i'm upset with the configuration a bit but like i said you know, with covid you kind of have to make exceptions it's better than no hockey right yeah a lot of people have vegas or colorado winning and it just sucks that they can't meet in a conference finals they have to meet in the second round and one of them is going to be bounced exactly yeah but holy hell i really hope that series happens because that's going to be like the battle oh, yeah. of the two beasts but you're a Boston fan, unfortunately, which I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, you can see that, that back there. <laughs> yeah. I know, that's my left there. 
Is that uh, as Bergeron? You got to throw a C on that. That's Bergy. Ah, that's a lot of money, you know. (laughs) Adidas Adidas has those uh, prices for jerseys like 260 bucks. Have to wait, you know. Yeah. No, just like buy one. Yeah, just just buy one from like Cyclone. Sew it on yourself. Doesn't have to be legit. Just buy like a purple and silver one or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Or just tape it. Just tape it on. Tape it, yeah. I'll, I'll felt, you know. Yeah. yeah, I have one in my room from one of my house jerseys. I'll just, I'll give it to you. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to pass on that. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, the numerical fonts might be a little bit different, so. Yeah. But I mean, no one will notice. No one will notice. But yeah, your yeah. Boston Bruins take out Washington four games to one. Honestly. Not gonna say gentleman sweep, but pretty much a gentleman sweep, four in a row after losing the first. Mm-hmm. But you know, Washington comes out, takes game one, and was it like four out of the five or three out of the five games went to overtime? Yeah, three out of the five there. So technically like this three, series yeah. could be like this could be going in any direction. Honestly, it could be three two for instead of already mm-hmm. over, but yeah, Washington takes game one. What were your first reactions and how were you feeling like after game one being down 1-0? Well, I mean, I'm never happy about it, but like it's good not to panic, you know, right away. I mean, there's no fun in that. But like Tuka Rask, I think is kind of a goal that gets better as the series goes on. Right. Yeah. So and he didn't even play bad and Nick Dowd's goal overtime that game, it wasn't like a great goal it wasn't a bad goal and you know it's like ah oh, well we'll see what happens at, at game two if they go down two nothing then then it's kind of you know you worry but you know game one whatever right yeah kind of a feel out game anything can you know like you know kind of see how washington's right? playing yeah so, exactly like, okay well it went to overtime you can't be too upset right it got close yeah. no yeah like you said like if you go to overtime, anything can happen. One shot, like we've seen in, um, in game three and be- between Boston and Washington, which we'll get to, and the uh, game five versus Pittsburgh and New York, like any sort of turnover can lead to yeah. huge momentum swinging in one team's favor, right? So anything can happen in overtime. So like we were saying earlier, those three games that went to overtime, it could have swung in any direction and it could be a completely different series. It could have been like 4-1 Washington yeah. with just like the change of a shot, right? Oh, yeah. So, no, but yeah, you guys take game two. Are you like extremely confident? Because, you know, you split in Washington and that's kind of the goal uh, when you're on the road in the playoffs, right? You want to split the first two because then oh, yeah. you technically have home ice, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say extremely confident, but like I was glad to see it. And like you know, like you said, this road split—that's something you like to see. And you know, Bruins are usually play pretty good at home, right? Yeah, you know, they're like usually first un- few rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, as long as they're <laughs> the not regu- playing the Lightning. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, regular season they're like they lose like seven games at most at home out of like their forty-one. It's like they're they're almost juggernauts. It's like free money just. Bet the house on yeah. the Bruins when they're playing at home. You're gonna win like eighty five percent of the time. Oh yeah, no, I, I was happy, and then you know, 
the way they went to like every time you see Marshawn get involved, I mean, no, I mean, people have their opinions on him, but he's, he's a really good player, you know? Uh, yeah. So like get see him getting the goal and then it's good energy, right? Exactly. Like the first game, even the second game, really the top line wasn't like clicking, like, you know, people were getting points, but like non years past where they kind of just, you know, they run through the other top line of the team or the second line of the team. Right. So it was good no, to see him sure. get involved, of course. Yeah. And yeah, like you were saying about boss uh, about Marshawn. Sorry, like yeah, everyone knows the kind of player is, but everyone also knows he's one of the more talented and skilled players in the league. There isn't really much he can't do. Just take this for example. My mom is hates Marshawn. She's like the biggest Marshawn hater. She took him yeah. over Matthews in her playoff pool this year. That's yeah. I mean. That, that, that's just kind of a representative more of how the Leafs are going to do in the playoffs, right? You never know, but yeah, no, yeah, but Marshawn but, like goes up, right? So, but like I told her, I'm like, because they made, did the draft like two or three games into the playoffs, kind of thing. They didn't yeah. do it like right at the start, and I was like, Marshawn's like he's kind of going off right now. Like he's a pretty good shoe in or a pretty good player to have in the playoffs because he always comes to play. Right. And like we said earlier, the Leafs don't have a really good track record in the first round. If it wasn't for this North Division, they'd it'd be fifty fifty if they make it out, right? So Marshawn's always a good player to kind of rely on in the playoffs. And no, and I mean, obviously like you're talking about game three, a little mishap there. I don't know if you want to get into that now, but uh I guess we could, right? Yeah, we Samsonov. Yeah, we can like move at any sort of pace you want, but yeah, oh, Samsonov, yeah. very very tough turnover behind the net. At that point, you just want to get it as far as away from you as you can, especially in that position. Even if he was leaving it for Schultz, it's not really a good idea to leave it for a defenseman who's got a guy tailing him right there, right? Even if he gets it, just like get it as far as away. As you can don't put yourself in any sort of danger you don't need to do exactly no just just the way he looked too he looked like so nonchalant about it and then yeah craig smith's been probably like one of my favorite you know additions the bruins have made in a long time i guess is he's a grinder like you know he always played well in nashville he's always a guy that kind of got points right and kind of a two-way player right he's not anything close to bergeron but i mean yeah aren't but no, he's he's a, he's a good player, right? So I'm happy to see him get the goal. He kind of kind of earned it, you know. It was kind of kind of a gimme, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. At least he had like a ten out of ten Selly to go along with it, the Superman thing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. as much as I was cheering for Washington, when I saw that goal go in, and I was I saw him Selly like that. I'm like, okay, at least he like Sellyed nice because I was like. Because there's fans in the building, the energy's up. It's at home. He just does the Superman Sally. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fire. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, love to see it. And then, what game four? You know, they they actually start to play hockey good. I mean, again, yeah. like yeah, they won four one, but like you know, you got an empty netter in there, I think. And then, so defensively, I like how they play. The Raskins was playing good, right? Yeah, so, he's been he's been standing on his head. He's, he like he's been doing his job, right? And that's all you can really ask for in a goalie. Like, if he does his job, but you can't put any in, if you can't score, then what else is he supposed to do? 
right? Exactly. I was I was having my this conversation with my dad, and it was about uh, Mike Smith and the Oilers, and we'll get to that. But he was saying he's like goalies got to steal you a game, and I'm like, but when he's making forty saves in a one nothing game, it's like what else is he supposed to do? He's doing his job. The team has to score some goals, right? You can't steal a game if the team doesn't put any in the net, right? Edmonton wasn't producing, but Mike Smith's been making 40 saves a game, right? At least with this, Tuka Rask, Boston's been scoring, but at least he hasn't been allowing more than what they've been putting in, right? He's been doing what he needs to do. So it's good to see Rask playing like Stanley Cup level. Yeah, right. Right, goaltending, right? He's bringing his game. He's not leaving it in the regular season. Exactly. So, yeah, I think there's some question marks because, you know, last year in the bubble, like he, he did leave abruptly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, he found out later it has to do with like him kind of being away from his family, which is totally understandable. But like, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, well, he's, he's, he's a U, no, well, he's a UFA at the end of the year, but I, I don't think they're not going to resign him. Yeah. But, you know, it's a contract year for him, right? You know, so he's got to, he's got to prove that he can win, right? Exactly right. You know, it's what one goal on forty-one shots in game five. So I love to see that. You know, yeah, so, comes up. So, and it's good confidence going into the next round, right? Oh yeah. It's like because Washington, yeah they they were they were pretty beat up, and it may have not been the one hundred percent Washington team that we've seen years prior. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're playing an injured team, you got to take care of them quick, or else. Like we said, anything can happen. So at least they proved that if they were as good as they think they are, you know, acquiring Taylor Hall and even Curtis Lazar, he was doing well, right? Yeah. And Rask is playing well. You should beat up on a team or you should knock off a team pretty quick if they're banged up. If you took them to seven and they were banged up and that's kind of deflating going into the next round, we're like, we're playing a fully healthy team how much harder is it going to be now? Cause we took a banked up team to seven. So at least they took care of them quick in five. No. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I, I kind of like both matchups for, you know, whoever wins in the Islanders penguin series. I mean, that, that's a good series, but yeah, I think, I think the Bruins might have the, you know, knock on wood. I think I had the edge on either of the teams, right? Washington was actually the team I was kind of afraid about. Cause you know, really? at, least, at least in the regular season, Washington kind of has their number, right? Yeah. Office is always obviously always different, but you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself though, right? You know, just we'll see what happens in the other series, and then we'll see what happens. If I had to pick, I think Pittsburgh is the better matchup for them. As much as fire, as much firepower Pittsburgh has, I think they play a little bit more of a open style. So Boston can they're I find Boston a pretty uh, counter attacking team. Like they jump on mm-hmm. odd man rushes and chances when you turn it over and i think yeah. pittsburgh when when they play a little bit more open it's easier for boston to capitalize on those but new york they kind of play more defensive style and their games aren't typically high scoring yeah and they've ha- still have some playmakers but they play a little bit more locked down which kind of could be frustrating but yeah it i nonetheless i like boston this year because i think their path is pretty favorable in terms yeah. of making it at least to the, the finals, the reseeding, which I guess is fair, you know, for the the conference finals or whatever you want to call them this year. And 
So I'm thinking, you know, the Bruins, depending what happens, I think they, there's a good chance they'll, I mean, yeah, they got to get past the second round first, but they'll probably play the Avalanche. Because obviously, if the Avalanche beat the Knights. Yeah. Because uh, Colorado won the President's Trophy. So they're, exactly. they they're have home ice through the playoffs. I think the Bruins are out of the teams that are have made it or are going to likely make it to the next round. They're, I think they're the lowest ranked somehow, even though they, they finished off pretty hot in the regular season. But they had a. Well, Boston finished second. third, right? Uh, yeah, but it's receding from like the the whole the whole thing, right? So, so like one, two, three, four, like just like best team and so I guess fourth rank is the worst team out of the remaining four. So, if they beat the Islanders, they'll play. So from the last four teams, it's reseeded. So, say hypothetically, it's Colorado, Tampa, Boston, and Toronto in the in the last four. So Boston will play Colorado and then Tampa and Montreal would play. Uh, Tampa and Toronto would play. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of scary to think of, but whatever yeah. happens, happens, right? Yeah. I I would have to put my money that Boston's playing Colorado in the final four, but I mean, hey, Boston has experience going that far, right? And Colorado I mean, hasn't necessarily gotten over that hump yet. So, as scary as Colorado looks, yeah, I mean, they talk. They 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 think they kind of took the the title of perfection line this year at least, right? You know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it goes all the way down. They're scary, but that top line is especially, you know. Yeah. And uh, do you have any uh, anything else on Boston taking Washington? Because you kind of naturally segued into a, the next series. Yeah. I want to jump on. Well, but. W- one thing I guess. I think you mentioned it beforehand was Washington's goalie situation. Yeah, I have uh, the. I guess is it Vasilevsky? At least I read a couple of articles. Vanishek, or well, that's how I say. It. I don't know how it's actually said. Yeah. yeah, there's. I don't know. Like, sucks for him. I mean, no one knew who he was coming into the season, right? Like, yeah. I think the idea was Samsonov starter, then Hank. You know, unfortunately, yeah. that hard thing. And that's. Hopefully he plays again, but he's gonna be the backup. And then, but you know, Sansonov gets COVID. Luckless can't play. <clears throat> Vanchek had, had a pretty good season, right? For yeah, no, he year, played right, pretty you know? stellar. Yeah, but uh, I was actually kind of surprised. Anderson, Craig Anderson started. Well, didn't start, but came in early game one and then started game two. He played pretty well. I'm surprised that they went with Samsonov again for the final game after that kind of blunder. Like I guess. He's your future, and you want him to get ready for that. And you got to give him a chance. But I thought Anderson actually played pretty well. You know, he made some good saves, and he was what he led in four goals in an overtime game, and then he led in was it two goals or maybe even just one in game one. So I don't know. I just yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, it's, and he's, uh, he's stumped the Bruins before, right? So exactly. And like we said, he kind of has that uh, veteran presence because he was on that ottawa team that went to the eastern conference finals so the bruins that year so yeah exactly so he has that veteran leadership you know it's always good to kind of have that guy who's confident in the postseason right especially like you said against the bruins who he has dealt with before so no it's definitely interesting they probably just went with let's just go with hopefully samsonov he's shown that he can be solid and can shut down and Hopefully that was just like a blunder and hopefully he learns from it and maybe steps up in game five, but 
unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Oh, Carolina tied it 2-2. Shots are 23-11 to halfway through the second, just over halfway through. Yeah, it's, that's uh, that series there. I mean, I think that's kind of one that everyone thought would be, you know, if there was going to be a sweep, that was going to be this Because, I mean, you think it go, you back, go back to the trade deadline, like, or at least a month before the trade deadline, everyone that thought Matisse Ackholm. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, well, Ackholm's the top guy in TSN trade bait. And here they are. You know, they, if they win tonight, Somehow, right? They're, they're going to win in Carolina. They'll go back home, you know, with the chance to seal it, right? Yeah. And a lot of people have Carolina going to the cup. They're but. a good team. and But I think they, I don't think they've been playing bad. I think Nashville's just kind of stepped up to the plate. Like UC Saros yeah. has been playing incredible. Yeah. You know, just Matt DeShane's finally earning a bit of that money. <laughs> Seriously. Well, do you know what? Let's, uh, let's talk about that, this one, now that we're kind of into it. But. Yeah. Yeah, Carolina, Nashville, a lot of, like we were saying, Carolina is a lot of teams' favorites to even win it all this year. They're pretty solid top to bottom. They got Dougie on the back end, um, Slavin, as well as up front. They got, you know, the solid young guns of Ajo, Sveshnikov, Teravainen. They got Jordan Sutton. Like, they got a really, really good overall team, and then they have – I think who should be the Jack Adams and Rod Brendamore behind the bench. So oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Obviously, because Nashville has tied it 2-2 in the series with the help of Soros playing out of his mind. But what do you think Nashville needs to improve and do to kind of upset the car- upset the Hurricanes this series? Uh, this year, I think, well, not, not that Matt DeShane hasn't stepped up or Johansson, but like, those are guys when you think about like when they're playing the Penguins years back, like those were guys you you choose in the playoff pool because those are guys that are you know him and Forsberg at least they were going to get points right. And Forsberg yeah. didn't really drop off, but at least in the last two years in the regular season at least, Matt DeShane and Ryan Johansson have not been you know living up to their price tag in my opinion, right? They're, they're getting I don't want to say they they were overpaid when they got their contract, but you look at what they've been doing the last two years they haven't been they haven't been earning right so. Yeah, especially after that playoff performance that Duchesne had in uh, Columbus, right when they swept Tampa, like he was, he scored like five goals in that first series, and oh, yeah. he was, he was really earning his contract. But as soon as he signed for eight million dollars a year, I was like, it's steep, right? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, it was a little bit of overpayment, but I mean, he's been playing well this year, in or in this series at least, so. Yeah, I really I agree. I think they need to step up and I yeah, just secondary scoring. I just think they need to play perfection. Yeah. I think to beat Carolina. And right now they've stepped up, but they need to kind of stay out of overtime games cuz those can Well, I was going to say maybe really... they've won the last two. Maybe maybe that's the secret, right? Cuz Yeah. They they were getting severely outshot and then they kind of picked up in the third period and then they put a pretty even game in overtime. He just only takes one shot, right? So Yeah. Oh, yeah. the goal's waved off. Goal. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I think it may have been a um kick. Kick in motion. Or goaltender interference, one of the two.
have no idea what was called. But yeah, I don't know. That's dicey. But yeah, so I do think Carolina will ultimately win this series, but I mean Nashville is doing a hell of a job to stay in it. And got to oh, give them all the credit cuz they, they were the- in the shits like a week prior to the trade deadline and they went on a heater, kept that home and then they stayed rolling and secured that fourth spot. So I mean anything can happen, but I do trust Carolina and think that they are more solid top to bottom, and I think they ultimately will take it. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think it kind of depends who wins this game. Like, I, I kind of like whoever, you know, wins this, and especially if Nashville, they can go back to Tennessee. And, you know, it's always a treat kind of watching their fans. You know, I kind of always like it yeah. there. But uh, I think they got, I mean, and if they win this series somehow, like, that's the change is the whole dynamic of it, right? So Seriously. So it's a, it, I think it busts a lot of people's brackets. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot. Because I had Carolina in five. I was like, I'll give Nashville a game. Yeah. But fuck, they stole two, and now they're winning in game five. So. Yeah, with wait, what, no. eight minutes left, something like that? Oh, in the second. So, oh, it's, okay, I thought it was a third. Okay, no, yeah, there's a period and a half left. So there's a lot of hockey to be played. But next series, we'll go into Colorado sweeps the St. Louis Blues, even after O'Reilly said, we're going to compete and we're going to win or something like that or something along those lines. But, yeah, Colorado just looked unstoppable. Like, from the puck drop to the final horn of game four, like, they just looked like the stronger. They look good, right? You know, just... They looked strong. But one thing I did want to pull up from the series is Kadri got suspended eight games, which he is appealing, but it's just going to be a matter of, if it will be appealed, but Kadri suspended eight games for a hit to the head on Justin Falk. What was your first or like initial reaction when you saw the hit? Uh, it was a dirty hit, and yeah, you know, maybe I'm a bit biased because I remember Kadri with the Leafs, and obviously I'm a Bruins fan, but he deserved the eight games. Like maybe people were upset because you know a few weeks earlier in the regular season, Tom Wilson got five thousand dollars for what he did to Panarin, and eight games seems steep, but like, you know, he got suspended for the remainder of the series last time the Bruins at least played for hitting Jake DeBrusque. So he has a, he has a record of doing it. So it's not a surprise yeah. to me. Like, I, I think for like maybe seven, it might go down, but he's, you know, take the eight. I, th- I thought it could have gone like to it. double digits, man. I think it could have gone to double digit games, like 10 games. Cause like you said, this is like his third time being suspended in four years in the playoffs. Like it's not like it's like Gabriel Landeskog head contact. It's exactly. a guy who's done dirty shit intentionally in recently in years past, right? This wasn't just like a Corey Perry, John Tavares incident. Like this guy went for the hit. He didn't aim low. He went high, and like. This guy's just an idiot. Like, bro, just you're on an absolute wagon, and it's not like you're a black ace who just got put into a game. Like, you're a like solid piece to this team. He's so talented too. Exactly. But he's just so dumb. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, has he not learned? Yeah, 
I mean, heat of the moment, I guess, but like, you know, you know, you kind of know where to hit someone, right? You know, okay, the head's not a good place. Like, it's going to get called. Yeah. And, you know, especially if a record is silly. But I mean, I guess that kind of goes to show Colorado's depth that, like, they didn't really need him to close out the series. And maybe they're yeah. thinking against, against Vegas, like, they might need a kind of a gritty guy, right? You know, in the matchup against Reeves. But I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I don't know what to think with this guy. I thought he would have, you know, Colorado, new start, clean slate, get your shit together. But clearly, this one might be the worst out of the three. I mean, I think the DeBrusque one was pretty bad. But they like he, were, he went he yeah. went out of his way to cross-check DeBrusque in the face. But this was a, a really bad hit. And knowing his history and still delivering that hit is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't think he'll get even if, if he wins the appeal. I don't think he'll get many games off. Like I said, maybe six no. or seven total. Yeah, but, uh, no, for sure. But going on to a different note, McKinnon six goals, three assists, nine points. Landeskog two goals, six assists, eight points. Rantanen one goal, six assists, seven points. Like. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. just <laughs> they combined for 11 points in game one i think it's it ridiculous. was yeah. like they look mckinnon's the best player in the world right now like this guy's just mm. i'm i've slowly learned this after past years of watching hockey as skilled as mcdavid is i think if i had to pick not for fantasy purposes but for building a team I might be picking McKinnon over McDavid for the sole reason that McKinnon has that bulldog mentality of like he he just looks more stronger and just that pissed off attitude to him that I think can really win you over because McDavid he's pretty finesse and sometimes yeah. doesn't have the level that McKinnon has. He still might yeah. have some grittiness to him, but I, McKinnon, I don't know. It's just like he looks like an absolute pit bull out there. But yeah. I mean, like you said, that perfection line, like they just look so good, dude. Yeah, like you know, I was thinking what McKinnon said a few years back, like because he's on a steal of a deal right now for his contract, and he said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take less again if it helps the team." And like that's, you know, you hear that coming from your star player, right? Like that's that's unheard of, right? Well. You think about like him, Marshawn, and Crosby usually practice in the off season because they're all Nova yeah. Scotia boys, right? And like, you know, Crosby's taken a bit of a pay cut, right, to keep a core together, a team, and so with Marshawn, right? So like, maybe that's just something that you know, you practice around those guys, like you kind of pick up a few things, right? Like, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with you too. Like, definitely, like if you had to build a team, like, kind of seems like McKinnon over McDavid for actually like building a team around like yeah mcdavid can get more points in a year but look what happens right so yeah and it's not like mckinnon's getting 50 points like he's still getting he's up there he's like he's getting 90 points a season which is and he's like he's one of the has one of the best releases in the league if not the best in my opinion Mm -hmm. he can he's so strong and fast and yeah, he's just got a 
if what if Lanoscog wasn't there, he's like the easily the captain there just because he has that leadership, that fiery attitude that can le- and I just think that's the X factor this year. Like I he's like escalated that to a whole different level than years past, which I really think could drive Colorado over the hump to lifting the cup this year. Just yeah, it's uh it's really exciting to see and Landis Skog and Rantanen. I mean, they're no slouch either. Oh yeah, you know, it's for, you sometimes forget like when you see Rantanen, he's such a such a big player. Like I know, I know dude, he's, it's it's insane. Yeah, like, I know, but yeah, that I think they're they're the perfection lines. So yeah, so far, right? You know, they've they've proven it. Yeah, I I really compare Ranton to Malkin. You know. If, as long as McKinnon's there, he's going to be in McKinnon's shadow, but he's still capable of driving his own team. If like if McKinnon goes out, Rantanen's just going to step up and take his spot with ease. Like he's still going to produce on like a high level. So oh yeah, and his playmaking ability with the size, it's just like it's remarkable. But one th- one thing I saw in the series was Landeskog fighting Braden Shen in game one. That, that was because of a hit on Rantanen, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a hit on someone, but I've never seen that side of Landeskog, and that was just like, what What does this team not have? Exactly. No, I, I like that. I'm pretty sure it was on Rantanen. Kind of like a blindside hit. And uh, Yeah. No, I mean, that's it was like right away, too, like he didn't hesitate, which I think, you know, Everyone likes to see their captain kind of stick up for the team. So I, I enjoyed yeah. that, you know. Obviously, I don't think Shen, like, wasn't, like, the dirtiest hit I've seen, but it wasn't, wasn't clean, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, like and, Sh- and Shen's, like, a tough SOB, too. So it's not like Landeskog was fighting Nathan Gerby. Like, he's <laughs> fighting, he's fighting, like, a solidified, not solidified tough guy, but someone who's capable of, holding his own and his men fights before, right? But no yeah, shout out to Lanniscock. But next one I want to move on to is Montreal versus Toronto. They are in game four right now. Toronto's up two one in the series and I believe Toronto's winning right now. Three nothing just over halfway through the third, but Montreal steals game one, two one and then on f- the unfortunate incident that happens to Tavares. He gets hit by Sherratt. Innocent hit, right? He just falls down, loses his slipping, but right in the trolley tracks of Corey Perry, who tries to dive out of the way, but his knee clips his head. Neck slings back. He's out cold. And then gets stretchered off. Unfortunately, gives his thumbs up, but man, what an unfortunate incident, but initial reaction to the Tavares incident and when it went down and everything, I had to rewind it like 10 times just to see it because it was just, oh, it was, yeah. it was, a, it was a tough watch. It's like something hard to watch, but something you, you kind of want to see again, but yeah, no, it was scary. And, you know, see him kind of like shake after he got up and I was like, Oh, like it's not good. And that's, yeah. That's, like this is serious, serious. Right. And I think there was a, like kind of a, Initial reaction, I thought at least Toronto's bench thought maybe, oh, well, it's Perry, maybe he meant to do it, but you know, he watched a replay. Like, it would, what, you know, what was he supposed to do, right? He didn't mean to do it, right? 
Yeah, if anyone thinks that's intentional, is an absolute idiot. Because oh, yeah. there's no nothing Perry could have done there. Like it was all reactionary. It happened so quick, and it, that's just like something a normal person wouldn't intentionally do. So, yeah, I mean, I guess initial reaction, like when you when you lose a player like Caliber and John Tavares, you, you know. Like, oh, wow, look, their playoff hopes kind of go down. But, like, you got Mitch Marner, you got Austin Matthews, you got Willie Nylander. Like, if you're going to pay those guys that much money, like, you know, I think they have stepped up to the plate, but, like, that's what they're required to do. Like, you know, this, yeah. Like, you know, most teams don't have more than two guys making $10 million, right? So if you lose one, yeah. you more. And exactly. You know, not that far behind. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if anything, I think Nylander's been playing better than the other two. But, no, yeah, he's been playing phenomenal. He's just scored in four straight. Like, he scored yeah. in every single game. Right, and nothing more you can ask from him. And yeah, it's just like so unfortunate what happens to Tavares. I hope he's doing well, but I've heard no structural damage. All tests came back clear. Obviously, he has a concussion, and he's out minimum two weeks because of a knee injury. And that may have been because of when the trainers brought him up for some dumb reason and leaned back, but. Lat post injury and all that sorts of stuff. Felino fights Perry. What are your thoughts on the fight? Because I've seen a lot of people saying it's unnecessary, but that was my first reaction. But I want to hear yours. Well, same when I when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, like did I'm thinking like, well, maybe they didn't they don't see the same replay that we do on the jumbotron. I think they do, but like, okay, but maybe thought it was dirty. It's Perry, right? Like you know, yeah. If if I didn't see the replay and you said told me that. Perry's knee hit Tavares in the head. He's injured. Like I'm like, oh well, there's Perry back at his old work. But you know, yeah, it was innocent play, like we like you said. But then you read, I read like, you know, what Fino said after the game. It's like more just like, hey, like you took out your our captain. Like it wasn't like totally intentional, but like you kind of got to answer the bell. And yeah. I think I'm okay with that because like, no, I'm okay with that too. Nothing happened after that, right? Something like yeah, going after him and stuff like that, and you know, just. Yeah. I think that's Felino kind of like he's new there too. He's kind of, you know, got to, I don't want to say he was brought in for, he was like brought in for that reason, you know, exactly right. Because you know? Toronto doesn't have a lot of that besides Wayne Simmons. So Nick Felino, yeah, he's Corey Perry was, you kind of read Corey Perry. He's like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I know what I have to do. And yeah, yeah, no, like it was just a whole thing to kind of get everyone's mind off of Tavares being hurt, you know, just like, get everyone's mind back into the game because if that fight doesn't happen then there's still like this whole lingering issue going on like oh Tavares is like hurt so Nick Foligno is just like let's get it over with let's just let's fight and you kind of notice that Corey Perry wasn't really doing much fighting he was more just kind of like he's there yeah I'll just take my lickings and then move on whatever sit for five minutes and let's move on but I'm happy that nothing else carried on after that because that would have just been like come on like he obviously didn't mean to do it but exactly so if everything stays the same in this game toronto goes up 3-1 in the series do they finish toronto off in five especially going back home or do you think maybe six i don't see it going to seven but uh yeah i know i mean i guess there's going to kind of be an asterisk around game one because yeah the captain go down in kind of a scary way it's like 
it's no excuse not to score more more than one goal, right? But I mean, Montreal was a better team. Maybe the Leafs weren't awake, and now they now they are. Seems like they are. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. they played they played some pretty solid games. It you know be interesting. And I mean, I think they'll win, right? Yeah, I I think I I think I had Toronto in five in this series. I knew I had a feeling that Montreal would steal one, and it's not like Montreal's been completely outplayed the series. Like they've still like the last two minutes of game three, like they were pouring it on Toronto, and Jack Campbell held his own and made the saves he needed to. Like Montreal's still getting their chances, like their power play isn't producing, which I think has been the biggest X factor so far. But it's not like Montreal's been showing that they don't belong like yeah i think they're playing like they can beat toronto but they're just not capitalizing on chances oh yeah i agree like i think you know it kind of sucks for them because you know they're obviously they're better than vancouver they're better than calgary they're better than ottawa and like they weren't just as good as edmonton or you know uh the jets and you got you got you got to play the big boys right and yeah yeah, but they, I mean, like you said, they've been good. Like they, you know, they've showed they deserve to at least be in the playoffs. Like, exactly. It happens. Uh, next series got Pittsburgh versus New York, and this one has been very as back and forth as it gets. You know, New York goes up one zero, and then if I'm not mistaken, Pittsburgh makes it two one in the series, and then New York wins two in a row thanks to Tristan Jari in game five. But I mean, like I, like I just said, it's been so back and forth and I had New York in seven just because I think New York has Pittsburgh's number, but what have your thoughts been overall on this series between Pittsburgh and New York? Yeah. Like, like you said, back and forth. And I think this is kind of one of the series that like everyone thought was going to go the distance. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the big storylines has been goaltending, not not for Pittsburgh necessarily, but for the Islanders. Like Varlamov, who had a fantastic regular season, hasn't had the postseason. And when they put when the Islanders put Sorokin in, like he's played well, he's won the games for them, right? So yeah, it might be it might come down to if Sorokin can continue to you know actually play, right? And then see if Jari can pick it up a bit because he was having a pretty good regular season too. So no, that's a totally good point and like Barzell hasn't necessarily woken up either. So like he hasn't even gotten going. And I think uh, Pittsburgh's depth has been playing pretty well. Like their acquisition of Carter has really, really paid off. And yeah, Tristan Jari, besides that turnover, he's been after game one, when everything was kind of going through him, he's been playing pretty solid, but yes, it's really going to come down to goaltending, it seems. And New York's been playing solid as of late, and I haven't really seen a game get away from any team. You know, it's been it stayed pretty close, and both teams have been in it since the get-go. Yeah, I mean, there was a few periods, game five and four, where Pittsburgh was just loading it on, like they were, you know, almost doubling the shots on New York, and New York just kind of stayed in there, like. I mean, if you can weather the storm like that, Crosby, Gensel, Russ, Malkin, they look pretty good. Like they're making chances and stuff. And yesterday they're buzzing. They just couldn't get past the rook. And, and uh, yeah. I think that'll be, that'll come down who who can play better. Right. So who do you, who do you got taking it? I think it'll go Pittsburgh in seven. I think, I think Pittsburgh you know, in seven. I don't think they'll lose next game. I think, you know, Crosby will probably, you know, show up and same with Malkin. Right. And if he if they show up, then Gensel and Russ are gonna show up just by proxy. So 
right? And hopefully Jari kind of has a comeback game because like that, that was his mistake, you know. Yeah. You know, just get past it, I guess, right? Like I don't. Yeah. You know, I can see you it never want to go way, up though, the. Right? Yeah, you never want to go up the middle in overtime. That's just it's pull a Samson off and leave it behind the net or just yeah. stay in your net. Like there's no reason for you to come out. Yeah. If you're just going to toss a pizza up the middle, right? <laughs> just, just stay in your net. But I, I think Islanders will win in seven. Yeah. I've yeah. been saying Islanders all along. I may as well stick to my guns. I can see them winning game six, but I think I'm with you. I, it's been, I'm going to go with the flow. Like it's been back and forth all series. So I think Pittsburgh's, not going to go down with a, without a fight, right? So yeah. I could see it like going to overtime next game and then Pittsburgh closing it out. But yeah, I think Isles in seven. I think it's going to happen. But uh, did we talk about Winnipeg versus Edmonton? No, we have not. I think that's been kind of the, the eye opener or, you know, everyone's kind yeah. of like, that happened, right? Like, so, uh, series went one way that no one went out was expecting siri i don't want you winnipeg sweeps edmonton and like we were just saying this was not expected i think a lot of people weren't even giving winnipeg more than a game in the series like initial thoughts on this on winnipeg taking it over edmonton because I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm really not because I think like personally I've been sleeping on the jets and I think social media has done that to me where it's like, because I always thought Winnipeg was kind of overlooked. Yeah. But then I didn't want to go against McDavid and dry Cause if they shoved it right in my face then I'd feel an idiot for not picking them. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I... Winnipeg just has the depth that Edmonton doesn't. So it's like, yeah, give me your thoughts on how the series went and yeah, this kind of well, total outcome. I think you're right. I think Winnipeg was swept on a little bit, you know, they're kind of like, you know, with the North Division this, this year, they're they're pitted against you know, the top 3, top 4 in Toronto and then McDavid and Drysdale. And every new they're a good team like they, you know, Ellers, Connor, Shifley, Wheeler and now Dubois, even though he's yeah. you know, all right. I think everyone there's, there's question marks on their defense because like after Pionk it gets a little thin there, right? You know, like there's some guys that like show up and play 60 minutes or not, you know what I mean? Like you know, they play yeah. four periods, but they're just not as talented as some of the other defensemen in the league. But uh, I mean, I was surprised. Like, I guess after watching, you know, watching after two games, like you know, you kind of felt like it was going that way, right? Yeah, I think uh, after Stastny got that that one zero. That goal in overtime there, and go like okay, like they're down two nothing. Like it's gonna be hard to come back from that, right? Going into yeah, right. Even though there's no fans, right? It's just yeah, exactly. Uh, Game three, you can't blow a four one lead. Like you just can't. You like they did that to themselves. Like if like as soon as they lost four one, I'm like okay, like. Now you're down three. You're if you have if you haven't if you didn't win that game, how are you going to win four in a row against a team with Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, Ehlers, Pionk, Hellebuck? Like that's oh, yeah. just they're not going to let that happen. As good as McDavid and Drysaddle is, they're just going to shut both of them down, and 
what do they have? Nugent Hopkins and Darnell Nurse to save you. Like that's just, and yeah. it's hard to rely on Mike Smith to steal your games. Like as as good as he's been playing or he played, you can't rely on a forty-two-year-old goalie to steal you a game, right? It's just like you gotta capitalize on that four-one lead, and it's not like it was gradually came back over the aspect of the game like it was the last 10 minutes of the third period like yeah i mean bear down and play some defense for christ's sakes like don't take stupid penalties like archibald did and i mean like clean up your act because you don't get many chances to go up three goals in playoffs yeah i mean you're exactly right like i think i mean i don't know if it was i guess Paul Maurice, or maybe it was Wheeler saying like that, uh, that, that penalty kind of, you know, put some life into them. Right. Uh, I think it was, maybe yeah. it was Dave Tippett who, who said, no, you can't take that penalty, the Oilers coach. And, uh, it's right. You know, and then Archibald, I don't know how much of a game changer he is, but then he gets suspended for game four and, you know, Oilers are down a starter. And, uh, I mean, not that the Oilers didn't play a good game in game four, just, you know, it's one that's close games and you can't lose the three games of four, right? So, yeah, and I two players I really want to give their flowers to, and that's Darnell Nurse and Mike Smith. Because obviously, Kyle Connor he finishes off in triple overtime of game four, but Darnell Nurse he plays like almost an hour of ice time that game, and mm-hmm. with a nearly five minute shift as well in like the second overtime period, which is absurd. And Mike Smith makes a lot of key reactionary saves off face-offs and through screens and Winnipeg has some like a hell of snipers on their team. Right. And Mike Smith, he finds a way to like bear down and make some key saves, especially in the overtime periods. And no one really expected that of him. Right. He played out of his mind all four games. And like I was saying earlier, my dad, he was like, your goalie has to steal you games. And I'm like, a goalie stealing a game is doing what Mike Smith is doing. But his team isn't scoring any goals, right? Besides game three, when McDavid and Dreisaitl put up three points each. But, I mean, bro, when they go scoreless in dash four, in the first game or the first two games, it's like, what do you want Mike Smith to do? He's doing everything he can. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, so I, I mean, it's hard to really get upset with Nick David and dry Cause like they, they, you know, without them, the team wouldn't have been in the playoffs, but yeah, I guess you just kind of have the expectation that they're going to do more. At least McDavid is going to do more. Right. Like he, he's the guy that has to steal you games, you know, Exactly. So. And I I wasn't necessarily targeting McDavid and Dreisaitl, but, you know, it's really, like, all they got. I'm more targeting the secondary scoring that needs to step up. Right? Like, the Zach Cassians, the Tyler Ennis, the Nugent Hopkins, the Shores, right? Like, you're there. You're getting the ice time. Help the team out, Right? If your stars aren't producing and your goal is doing everything you can to keep the puck out of the net, you got to be effective and produce. 
right? Yeah, I mean, so Edmonton, even Ken Holland was saying, like, they're, they aren't built for a Stanley Cup right now. They still have a lot of holes in their lineup. And, I mean, I feel – I can't believe I let Winnipeg just go over my head like that because I knew how good they were. But, I mean, it's just hard to bet against McDavid and Dreisaitl. But, I mean, cheers to them for sweeping them because that's a hell of a task on what they did, right? Yeah. But to bring back to my point, shout out to Nurse and Smith because they played a hell of a series. And also congratulations to Nurse because he just had a kid. So he played played 60 minutes and then went and had a baby. So shout out to him. but, But, yeah. Hopefully Winnipeg can get it together over the off season and try and build this team better for next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be maybe some moves, moves some guys guys around. Like I think James Neal didn't play that much this year, but I think he's kind of lost his step. He's not a twenty goal yeah. scorer anymore. You know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they need they need a. Maybe they need to split up McDavid and Dryside a little bit more. Like I, I mean, I usually they usually do, right? Yeah. But, uh, I guess you. Just, I don't know. Sour yeah, for the Boilers fans. That was right now, and just you know, McDavid has a season he has. You know, most players don't get a hundred points in a regular length season, and he does that, and then he doesn't really show up in the playoffs. And you know, kind of going back to what you said about McKinnon and McDavid, like look what McKinnon did, right? And then McDavid, yeah couldn't replicate that so exactly yeah it'll be interesting to see how they look going forward but uh the next series i want to talk about is vegas versus minnesota minnesota just won game six game five game five yeah game five they won four three four two, two. Four, two. Four, two. Four, two. Four, two over vegas minnesota was my dark horse to win the cup this year because i can see a lot of some of these teams making a run for it, but Minnesota is my most realistic one that isn't getting the flowers that it necessarily has or the credit that they have. But mm-hmm. I mean, they came six points back a second place in the West behind Vegas. They have the favorable matchup in the regular season and they've been shown that they belong with this Vegas team, right? They've taken them to game six and they stole game one. They, I mean, they got pretty outplayed in game five, but I mean, they still like Cam Talbot is showing that yeah, he's I mean, kind of resurged himself. But yeah, thoughts on the Vegas Minnesota series so far because it's been pretty one sided, but it's still still there. not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you said it right. I mean, I think going in Minnesota is definitely a dark horse, but. Like, I don't see them going all the way if they continue to play like they do. Cause like, yeah, they, they, they have, they've stolen those games and, you know, winning game five with 14 shots, like you can't rely on. Yeah. Right. It's not going to be uh, able to happen. It's, it's not, I mean, it's not too late for Minnesota to kind of step things up. I think, you know, like there, there was a period there in the regular season. I think after like they, they're shut down for COVID for a while, they came out and they looked unbeatable. Like they were just rolling through teams. Right. And yeah. You know, they got a bunch of, I don't want to say no-name guys, but, like, there's no, like, superstar on that team. Like, Kaprasov's good, and, you know, like, almost like just a lot of a lot of hard workers and stuff like that. And Yeah. And had that, 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 um, that run there when he was going, he's hot. They're like and a Columbus. 
Exactly, right? Uh, no real superstars, like, but just a bunch of people who put their nose down and go to work. And Cam yeah. Talbot, like you said, you know, who would have thought, you know, what was it? He had the, he was, was the Oilers Flames or then Flames Oilers, you know, one year and then the next he played for both of them. He, yeah. he looked like an okay goalie, right? And now he's playing out of his mind, right? So, yeah, he's revived himself over in Minnesota. So it's good to see him like playing the way he is because he definitely deserves it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I I can't see Vegas not winning the series. They're just they look too strong. Like they if it wasn't for running into Colorado, like they could easily be in the cup final, right? Like I in my opinion, it's either them or oh, Colorado yeah. winning the cup. Right? Because they're very well built from oh, yeah. top to bottom. So it's I I can't not see Vegas winning this. Like they have to take this series in six or else they're playing a dangerous game competing with Minnesota in the game seven because clearly Minnesota's found a way to get two wins out of them when they shouldn't have won, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and even if they win game seven, then they're going against our, you know, arrested Colorado team and, you know, get, you get, you know, they'll be going in kind of with a disadvantage, right? They'll be tired. Maybe yeah. Some guys have a little bit of lingering injuries, you know? Exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting, you know, taps off to Minnesota. Like, yeah, they, they stuck in there. Like, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the next series, Tampa versus Florida, which has been the sleepy pick for my favorite series so far going on. Because yeah. I, I picked Florida in seven just because they had that favorable matchup in the regular season, but then I forgot to account for Kucherov. Yeah. <laughs> but Florida's goalies have been playing pretty shit, and then a kid... 22-year-old kid named Spencer Knight comes into game five in an elimination game making his playoff debut, and they pull out a 4-1 win. He made 36 saves on 37 shots. This series has been pretty crazy, pretty high scoring, Mm -hmm. just pretty electric all in all. Both arenas have been going pretty nuts, right? They both have fans in the building. So Tampa versus Florida – Man, like, what do you have to say about this? Because I, I just love the newborn rivalry between the two Florida teams. Oh yeah, I mean, I was happy to see Florida win win Game Five there because you know we would have kind of sucked after they, they, you know, they finished above Tampa that they lose in five games. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, do I want Florida to win? Yeah, do I think they're gonna win? No, Tampa's. Yeah, you know. They only need one guy to play out of their mind, like Point, Stamkos, Kucherov. I mean, they have been playing out of their mind and all of them at least five plus points. Then if Hedman and Vasilevsky on the defensive end, and well, Hedman's on the defensive end, anything the offensive offensive end. So yeah, that's a team that like you know, if any team can repeat a cup, like that that's the team Tampa. Right? So I know there's maybe a bit of a little asterisk because you know they won the COVID Cup last year, but like maybe. I think they were going to win anyways, right? Like, there's two yeah. good. And, you know, you kind of think maybe the only team that has, like, the the firepower to bring them down is, like, the Avalanche, and we'll see what happens. Like, I, I think it'll probably go to seven, but I think Tampa Tampa takes it. I really hope Florida wins. Like, they're a team that I, I really want to go far just because, I don't know, there's been so much backlash on them the past couple of years just, like, they don't bring enough fans. Like, should they relocate to like Quebec or something like that? And I'll, 
I'm one of those guys who I think they should get that team out of Florida because they don't bring in anything, right? Like, for they're consistently one of the highest scoring teams in the league, and they fill up their arena like half every year. Yeah, it and sucks. it's like, it's like you'll bring them up to Quebec where like they'll consistently fill up an arena. But that's just me. But I really want Florida to succeed just because I like their players. I like how they built their team. I don't like the Bobrovsky contract, but I mean, they, they have a goalie now and Spencer Knight who proved that he's good enough to play after that game five performance. So I'm excited to see how it goes, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's uh Florida's obviously on their heels, but yeah, it's good. It's going to be tough to beat Tampa, especially winning three in a row, including exactly, game five. Right. You know, I so. just think, I mean, it's possible, so, yeah. right? You know, you it is possible, yeah. They've look what Columbus did, so exactly, exactly. But um, yeah. So that's uh our playoff talk so far. But there's some other kind of NHL news surrounding the Canucks that I kind of want to touch on. They uh, they extend Travis Green to a multi-year deal, and they decide to bring back Jim Benning, which is. I am so mad about that. Is there is there details out on like the length of Benning and Green yet, or is it just kind of like it's just I just know I just I just know Green is a multi year contract, and Benning. All Aquilini said is that he's going to remain in his role next season. That's all he's maybe said. maybe he's kind of maybe hopefully that's like an ultimatum thing that they need to turn around next year because I don't know like he's. I guess when you kind of live in the hometown, like his, his mistakes kind of, they're bigger than his, his, you know, yeah. season, right. But, uh, I mean, I like Travis green. I think everyone does. Yeah. Uh, I like the, I like the Travis green extension. I think that was smart. I don't think any of the, maybe his player development's been questionable at times, but overall, I think he's put a good culture into this team in terms of competing and, building a team properly if he can kind of fix his consistent play of the young players then i think this team can really make a step forward so i like travis green overall but jim bending is like yo aquilini are you fucking blind have you seen what he's been doing like yeah he's made some good draft picks but a lot of his good picks have fallen to him yeah i mean definitely some questionable moves there like i'd the beagle the beagle term didn't like the Roussel term didn't like i mean myers. You know, you have to, yeah myers term but maybe not the term for my i don't know maybe the money i don't know i think myers gets a lot of flack because he kind of when he makes a mistake he just looks like an idiot on the ice it's, it's more for me myers is more the money because he's still like a young kid like he can still be good like as was it a five by six? Six million a year for five years? Like a five so, yeah. the five years isn't bad. Like if we sign him to like four mil, then it's not completely awful, but six million dollars is like that's that's yeah. a lot. But but all right this year though. I mean Yeah, and yeah. I think Myers had his best year as a Canuck this year. Like I think he played he played good, he limited his turnovers and he he played like a solid defenseman, but he didn't play like a six million dollar player. That's yes. what I'm saying, right? So I think he played. He's one of the better six million dollar players on the on that. Oh my god! Yeah, this guy named Louis Erickson who hasn't even played a game this year. I think I think the Canucks ruined that guy's that guy's career. 
<laughs> yeah, because he was he was doing decent on Boston. He came I off mean, third goal season, but granted, he played with Bergeron and Marchand. But like he even in Dallas, like he was an okay player, right? Never yeah. never worth six million, but like he definitely not doesn't deserve, he didn't deserve to be in the minors. You know, I feel bad for him. I don't. I mean, maybe he put himself there. I don't know. I think those, yeah. Ever since he put that his first goal as a Canuck on his own <laughs> fucking net, and right it was like a, yep. it was a steep decline ever since that happened. But oh, yeah. shut up! This can't be real. What? Connor McDavid has reached out to Ken Holland has requested a trade out of Edmonton. I don't think that's real. This can't be real. This can't be real. Sportsnet would have had that emergency alert out. The phone would be okay. vibrating. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I just got one so, here saying McDavid committed to Oilers despite sweep. Yeah, it, it was trending in the world of sports, and I was just like, yeah, there's no way that can be real. Okay, thank God. But, yeah. Anyways. I don't even know where we were. Talk about Louis Erickson and his contract. But I think what's really pissed me off about Jim Benning is that the Tyler Toffoli situation. I kind of I had his back because he traded for Toffoli prior to COVID shutting down and the uh, flat cap. It wasn't going up. He was expecting the cap to go up so he could resign him, blah, 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 blah. Didn't have the money. Shit happens, right? Whatever. To fully fitted well, he wanted to come back. But when the report or the quote of To fully talking about wanting to stay in Vancouver and him saying that Benning didn't even offer him a contract, like that, that made me so mad because even if you know you you don't have the money to bring back To Fuller or what you think he's worth, offer him something because you were playing. You had a little bit of leverage because he wanted to stay in Vancouver, right? And you decide to sign Jake Vertanen to like $2 million a year. And then to fully signs for just over, just under four and a half. You're telling me that you couldn't put Jake aside who's done nothing this year. He has like five goals and that's it. And you yeah, couldn't have brought back to Foley for maybe a bit of a hometown discount because he wanted to stay. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like, come on, man! Like, what are you doing? And then he said, he's like, we ran out of time. It's like, <sighs> no, you didn't. You had like seven months to figure out a contract because you knew he was going to be a free agent. What do you mean you ran out of time? You had tons of time to make moves to free money. Are you dumb? Buy out a player. Buy yeah. out Louis Erickson. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm I, honestly, I don't know why they haven't. I mean, I'm not. A cap genius here, but like I look at it, like I don't see why they why they haven't. Like you know, if the Ducks can buy out Corey Perry, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not an NHL GM, but uh, it would make sense, right? So, because you always see the things. It's like, say, the like I'll just take your the Ducks buy out Corey Perry, saving the team three point eight million dollars in cap space. So now they have three point eight million to put towards. Maybe extending a couple bottom six players to kind of help solidify their team. You're telling me you couldn't have bought out Jay Beagle or Brandon Sutter and freed up 
just under three million dollars in cap space to bring back to Foley. Like yeah, that's just I mean, like that baffles me. And he didn't even offer him a contract. That's just like I would have fired him right then and there. I'm like, are you dumb? You gave up a first round, a second round pick, a third round pick, and Tyler Madden for a guy for four months. If it's just like it's 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 so confusing to me as to why we're keeping this guy just based on that fact. But yeah, it's it's absurd. You're so lucky he's not in Boston anymore. God damn it. Well, I was going to say it's similar to, you know, with the Don Sweeney did with David Backus, you know, similar situation as Lee Erickson. Like David Backus was making five mil a year and he wasn't even playing any games. And then they, they give him a first round pick to get rid of him, like to the Ducks, right? Like sometimes that's what you got to do. Like I know the yeah. Ducks don't really want to, they're not in a position really to give up draft picks. They're not like perennial contenders, but like, Sometimes you just gotta gotta pay the price, right? Like, yeah, fix. You know, hey, like, it's not a good contract, but someone's gonna take it. Like, retain two million of it or something like that. But I don't know. Exactly. It's, it's so it's so confusing as to what he was thinking. But I could go on for hours about this guy. It just like frustrates me more and more. But I, I think I think if the Canucks don't make the playoffs next year. Because I think it, it, the division should go back to normal next year. Like, I think they'll have a pretty yeah. good chance, right? You know, because they'll be playing against the California teams who are all kind of in the midst of a rebuild. Or yeah, say doesn't want to re- admit it, but they are. So, like, I think they they have a good chance. But uh, I think there's high expectations after beating St. Louis, right? And I don't know. They, they played well, but maybe they played a little bit more than a bit, a little bit better than they actually are. And then people kind of just thought, oh well. Didn't have to do too good this year, which is fair. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. But is there anything else you wanted to touch on in terms of playoffs or ho- overall hockey news? I can't think of anything no? off the top. Can't of my think head of anything. Yeah. Well, Matthew, on this podcast, we do something called "Time for the Press," where people send in questions and we just answer them on the fly. Okay. Uh, my uncle Chris sends in a question or more so a topic but comes in five six text messages so try and follow along as much as you can uh he's like i've got the feeling the nhl is going to make some changes on how officiating is in the playoffs this narrative that quote unquote playoffs are tighter hockey is bullshit they simply don't call the same game they called all year how can a team be quote-unquote built for the playoffs aren't you just built to win feel bad for Mc for mcdavid he was fucking mugged all series just like when the refs let the bruins pound the piss out of the sedines so what are your because i have felt that the officiating has been pretty inconsistent this playoffs you know they're letting everything go one game and calling every knickknack penalty in the other but what are your kind of thoughts on how the NHL should go forward on officiating and try to try its best to make the best changes possible to kind of just bring it consistency to the game, not even like call everything or bring yeah, in more I, review, just like consistency. Well, yeah, like you said, I agree with that. No, I think less reviews because I think that kind of takes momentum away from the game. I don't yeah. like watching. I don't like reviews either. No, but I, I agree with consistency, but like, I think the refs are always going to be under the microscope 
especially after what was it tim peel what that's his name right he got fired yeah. this year yeah, i mean for basically giving a penalty or he wanted the, to call you, one against national everyone everyone yeah. knew they did that it just he got caught saying on the mic right and yeah i know a lot of players didn't like him but like i i feel bad for him because like i guess the nhl kind of had their hands were tied they had to fire him but like oh well i mean i you kind of you kind of know that every ref does that right yeah but i i i agree with consistency and i mean i think na- nowadays if that bruins connects final happened this year like oh those calls all of them be called like they, they wouldn't be able to get away with it yeah right? but uh i don't know i think the refs do a pretty good job not to be on their side sometimes there's that one call that you kind of like or the one non-call that you see that just like okay like are we watching the same game here yeah but uh i, I think the better team always wins i don't i don't think it comes down to one call like i could see okay maybe it's game seven Stanley like a finals it comes down to one call people will be upset but a series doesn't come down to one call yeah so I, no, I don't think McDavid lost because he got beat up on and the refs didn't call. I think they lost because they didn't play the same level the Jets did or the underestimated the Jets or whatever happened in that series. I, I agree with that. I think they need to kind of bring a little bit more intensity if they want to win a playoff series. They can't rely on a call here and there. I, I agree with that. Next one comes from a reoccurring guest, Corey Latondre. He asks if McDavid demanded a trade, what haul could the Rangers or Kings give up? That's like two different, two different things. Like you know, I think the Rangers would actually have like hypothetically a decent chance of getting him, but I think Panarin would have to go the other way because I don't think they can afford both of them, right? You don't want to get that kind of cap situation the Leafs are in because it's not. I mean, the Leafs are just getting by in my opinion, but uh. I think you definitely give Panarin at least a fir- one first round pick, you know. Uh, yeah, Kako maybe. Kako, maybe a defenseman too. I mean, uh, I I I want to say Adam Fox, but Adam Fox is actually a really good defenseman. I think I I would say no to Panarin, Kako, and, Fox, and a yeah. first. I would say no to that. Like it's too much. Because if you do that, then you're just putting yourself in a position that. The Oilers are in where you have everything. You have two superstars, but, but nothing, nothing else, else around yeah. you. So, but I, I think Panarin in the first, maybe even Kako is not enough because I think McDavid's still a better player. And then a first is not a guarantee of anything, right? I think there needs to either be another secondary piece going the other way or just like a ton of picks, like four first round picks, a star on your team and maybe Future considerations for yeah. the next 20 years. Right. So yeah, exactly. That's an interesting and, concept, but uh... yeah. And even LA, like they have a decent prospect pool now after all their trades, like, but I think Quinn Byfield is gone. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe Alex Turcotte as well. Give them, I don't think they would want Kopitar or Doughty because I mean, they're still good players. Like they're, they're they're older. They're up there, and Doughty doesn't have the most attractive contract there. He's making like what eleven million dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. L.A. is like I want to say like Aya follow, but he's like a third liner. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think the Kings would be able to pull it off. They'd be giving up their essentially all their draft picks for the next first deal for the first yeah. year of the future, right? So. Yeah, I think LA would be it more consists of like six first round picks, two second round picks, Turcotte and Byfield for 
McDavid. Yeah. And I kind of like this style of question though. I'm thinking obviously yeah. I don't think McDavid would ever get no or not this early in the career to get traded, but you know, the Jack Eichel trade to the Rangers that there's a lot of talk about that. And like, yeah, I I think happening, right? I think that will happen. I it think will. Jack I, it's a, it's I think, a bold statement. I think Jack Eichel's out of Buffalo. But do you think he's going to the Rangers or somewhere else? I think he's going to the Rangers. Wow. Well, you think that, okay, hypothetically, what are they giving up? Either Lafreniere or Kako. I think okay. they'd probably have to send Lafreniere the other way. Because the Kako, Kako hasn't really played up to his potential, but I think Lafreniere's already played better than Kako after his first year. So I think Lafreniere, um, maybe... Maybe one of their but, goalies, right? George Evan, yeah. Chester Kane, like they're they both could be starters, yeah. but uh yeah, I mean it seems like he doesn't want it's, to be there. And you got Kevin yeah. Neighbors GM saying we'll continue with the people who want to be here. Uh fuck, yeah. Sabres are a mess. They're a mess, yeah. The only reason why I didn't trade Eichel in our fantasy league <laughs> is because I'm relying on him to get traded out of Buffalo. So if he was staying it if he was staying in Buffalo, then I would have tried to trade him for something. Because, like, as good as a year he had last year, it's just Buffalo's in shambles. I could even see, like, a some sort of three-team trade going on there, right? Yeah. I think the favorites are either L.A. or the Rangers. Because I think those two teams have a good young core as well as some good picks and stuff like that coming up. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think the, Kings should, the Kings should probably try to rebuild first because, like, you know, they'll be giving yeah. up some, who knows, maybe Byfield plays like the same as Eichel, right? You don't want to give that up before you give him a chance. But I guess yeah. if the opportunity comes, you don't pass up on a player like Eichel who. Because he's pretty solidified, right? If Byfield plays up to Eichel, I'm happy with him at, he was his two, right? He was second overall. Yeah, Byfield was too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if Byfield develops into a player like Jack Eichel, I think it's a huge win. And Eichel's already at his level. He's like what twenty, maybe like twenty six or something. Maybe, maybe not even twenty five. Yeah, so he's still young. He's still got like a ton of years ahead of him. So no, it's gonna be interesting to see what the future of Eichel looks like. But yeah, as for McDavid, it's gonna be a ton to like. The next five first round picks and like at least three prospects. Yeah. I and mean, one one of them being like a decently solidified player. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I mean, no one really thought Gretzky would get traded and then it yeah. happened. If Gretzky else. can get traded, anyone can get traded. Yeah. Like let's just keep that final. But the last one comes from our good friend, reoccurring guest. Brandon Goff. Brandon Goff. And he asked this question, and I was kind of confused with it, but then as I actually pay attention to it, I think it's more informed towards you. I bet. And he asks, if the Bruins win the cup, he'll get a Bruins tattoo. But if the Leafs win, you need to get a Leafs tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) The old Bruins Leafs rivalry between two good uh, buddies. If, if he actually would get a Bruins tattoo if they won, I I would I would honor that. 
if if the Leafs win, I would get one. Not anywhere you can see it, like maybe like the back of the thigh or the ass cheek or something like that. But uh, I know if he if, if he really wants to do that, I'll do that. Because you know I, I know he I know if he makes a bet, like he'll he'll come out on the other end. Like he won't. What, he won't what are you out. talking about? We didn't shake on it, dude. Like. <laughs> never too late you know they're, they're both still in the playoffs right so. <laughs> no yeah that's uh so that's a pretty uh, pretty hefty wager that's a well i mean that's a that, lifetime that's commitment win the cup so yeah I, know, it's, it's a good bet it's a good it's a good one for sure especially two diehards like you guys but yeah well it's always good fun between us of course of course of course matt of course i uh I believe that's everything I got for you. This was a fun episode. I really appreciate nice. you coming on. But as this is your time to plug anything you want, like social media or whatever. But yeah, this is your time. Actually, one thing I like not not social media, but switching over to I don't know how much you watch baseball, but okay, Ani is having a great season. Yeah, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but it's something I'm actually trying to get into more and more. I, yeah. I still don't necessarily it's have hard. a team. It's, you know. Yeah, it's I don't have a team yet, and I don't want to go easy like Toronto because I don't know, yeah, Toronto media just mean. like frustrates me. I don't want to go the easy route, or I don't want to go Seattle just because they're closest to us. Well, Seattle's so boring, man. Because <laughs> and like because like Seattle Kraken, like they're gonna be the Canucks rival, and I just don't want to be associated with Seattle. Yeah. So. A team I was thinking of, based on this fact alone, in MLB The Show, I was drafted by Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I'll just start cheering for the Diamondbacks. Because this is not like they're... A f- like I'm jumping on a bandwagon early. Yep, yeah, but, that's fair. And they're a team I can kind of build with. And... Also, I have two Yankees hats and a Dodgers hat. Oh, yeah. Nice. And I don't want to. And I also, I feel like that would be kind of like hopping on a bandwagon. I don't really want to do that. I literally only have the Dodgers hat because my dog's name is Dodger. Do- it looks. Uh, I'll give you that. The Dodgers hat. It always looks nice, but like it's the yeah. Dodgers, man. Yeah. No, so I mean, I, if you really wanted a team, but like, uh, I, you know, obviously, you don't want to hop on a bandwagon, but the Padres are doing really well and they got some really exciting players like Machado's there now and he's playing well and okay. the young guy Fernando Tatis Jr's yeah he's, signed a 14 year contract didn't he yeah, dude he's he's a good player and he kind of like adds a little bit of excitement to baseball which kind of is it needs that right cuz everyone yeah. no one like yeah people watch the world series cuz it's fun to watch but like i can't sit down and watch nine innings a day and you know sometimes yeah. the games are one nothing right like it's you know it's, yeah. it's a little i bit really boring. like i like playoff baseball like the wild card games and the world series is like very intense it's like every pitch counts like it's really fun to watch like i watched a lot of the rays versus dodgers last year like i watched a ton of that it's just like i'm not going to watch game 84 of the baseball season it's just like maybe if it's on and i have nothing going on that saturday maybe i'll tune in while i have some drinks with some buddies but i'm not going to like literally pay attention to every single pitch that's thrown on game yeah, 62 right. it's just like i don't have that kind of time but i mean like i'll yeah. i i want to follow the sport more and more because it's something that it's very popular it's very easy to talk to with a bunch of people and 
yeah, I, I want to get more and more into it, but I just don't know who to go for. So I have to pick a team. Yeah, I mean, quick. find a player you like, you know. Yeah, that's Yankees, right? So maybe I'll start cheering for the Angels because Shohei, like you were saying earlier, and Mike Trout's one already considered one oh, yeah. of the best baseball players of all time. But yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, well, I, I wanted to plug Otani because, like, I, I bought the I bought his jersey in his first oh, year. I thought that was a gamble. I always think buying a baseball jersey is a gamble because one guy could be a superstar one year and then disappear the next year. But like, I'm I'm happy that that uh, it turned out. You know, he's no one else can play like he's a pitcher hitter right and just he's insane because so, isn't he like near the league leader in home runs and he's thrown like a two era or something like yeah. that like he's as of last night he was leading the league in home runs i don't know if that's changed tonight but uh, i think i think guerrero just went up tonight no, i, I mean think he hit that it. kid's exciting too like you know I you, you said you don't want to hop on yeah. toronto but like I mean, they're an exciting team again right like yeah you know yeah, no, I I cheered for, I was really following Toronto in like the Joey Bats era, like in twenty was it twenty fifteen against yeah, yeah. when did the bat flip? Like I yeah. really followed that year, but I haven't really paid attention to them since. Like I know Bo Bichette and uh, Vladdy, but not much else with them. And I know Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole and John Carlos down in New York and. Um, who Lindor for the Mets? I know him, yeah. right? And I know Trout. Like I know some players, but I just don't like follow it. I don't know like the unsung players to every team, and I don't know pitching rotations and shit like that. I don't even know what half of the <laughs> stats mean, like WHIP. No, it could be tricky. like, yeah, like the, me, there's a bunch a of stuff I don't know out. about it. So yeah, I literally. The Did You Hear podcast who's come on here before, I reached out to them. I'm like, sometime in the summer, I'm going to have you guys on for a baseball episode and you're just going to teach me shit and talk about the league and stuff like that and kind of like go over it with me because I'm trying to get into it more, but like I don't necessarily know where to start and like they follow it religiously. So I was like going to like bring them on for like a fun baseball episode. But yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I want to get more into it because. I don't want to be such an outsider, but, but yeah, Shohei Itani, he's a rock star as yeah. I followed. Yeah, no, definitely keep people should keep an eye on him because there's not not a lot of people who can hit the ball and pitch the ball like he can. So, is he like how old is he? He's young. Uh, I think he's under thirty. I mean, so this is like his his third year playing in MLB. He's playing in Japan before, right? So or Korea, Japan. But no, yeah, definitely, definitely like him. No, I, yeah. 26. 26? Because yeah. I saw that he pitched a full, he pitched seven innings and then went into right field after. Yeah, yeah. just, no one else he's does just, that, right? So like, he's just a machine. Yeah, built like a tree, like. Yeah, I, no, that's definitely something you kind of want to, Man, the world of sports nowadays is insane. You got LeBron, Steph, McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Trout, sh- players like Shohei. Like across the board, it's just like such a good era of sports right now. And it's like you gotta forget about the goat discussions. Just 
you know, just... like so. There's some errors that are coming to end, like the Crosby, Ovechkin, LeBron. Like we were saying, like there's some players that are going to retire pretty soon, and you're going to regret not paying more attention to them. So get into some of these young players now before they've fully like yeah. pieced out, right? So, but that's the one exciting. Athletes are only going to get better, right? Like, yeah, you know, just it's insane to see what they can do now. Like, cause you know, I know. them guys couldn't do it 30 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyways, Matt, I don't want to keep you any longer, but yeah, if you, if you have any social media that you want to plug so people can follow you or I'm, I'm good, you know, like the, you're good. Fly under the radar, you know, fly under the radar. I respect yeah. that. I respect the hell out of that. But Obviously, you guys know where to follow me on all social media. And shout out to my guy, Tom Ivory, of course. Intro, outro music is by him, Savage, featuring my guy, Six Man. Go uh, listen to it on all listening platforms. And yeah, Matt, I really appreciate it again. Thank you for coming on. I expect to have you on. I expect to have you on later in the playoffs as things kind of start to narrow down to the cup, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, it's definitely sure. going to be exciting. And also Carolina tied it up two two with uh, like five minutes left in the game. So it's, it's going to be exciting to see how this one ends. Good timing. I can go watch that now. Yeah. For real. But right. yeah. yeah. Glad to be on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, Matt. Thank you. And everyone else listening. See you guys next time. I just got to let go. Went from ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friend zone There's no need for discussion, I just really loved how you get low But I'm dipping, I'm cutting the shorty and we're being ten toes, ten toes I, I, I just gotta let go, call me a benzo, paid all cash, I won't take no rentals, killing my